Welcome to Matt Is This, the podcast by project managers for project managers. Every two weeks, we like to come together and talk about what matters to you, whether you're an experienced expert in the field or a newcomer to project management. This is our opportunity to take a bold and objective look at where we are in this industry and the role we play in it. I'm your host, Nick Walker, and with me are the guys who have the experience. They are the in-house experts, Andy Crow and Bill Yates. Andy, it is always a treat to have someone in the studio who's a coach, a motivator, a mentor, someone who's out there calling on us to be our best. It is, Nick, and this topic is overdue for us. We've mm. needed to address this for a good while, and I'm, I think it's very timely. Well, let's meet our guest. Monique Russell is an executive consultant helping leaders and teams communicate effectively at work. As a part of Clear Communication Solutions, LLC, she's consulted on marketing and communication strategies with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, other national associations, as well as corporate organizations. She is a teacher, having taught communications and public speaking at the university level. A proponent of lifestyle leadership, she hosts an annual Forbes-recommended leadership conference, Leadership Alpharetta. Originally from the beautiful islands of the Bahamas, she loves the ocean, and we're told she's quite fond of sushi. Monique, thank you so much for being with us here on Manage This. It is a pleasure and honor to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Well, first off, we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us about your experience as an executive coach? Well, I will say let's go all the way back to the beautiful islands okay. of the Bahamas. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I always knew that I was interested in public speaking, and I started early in uh, performing arts, started acting, and moved through high school debating and I just loved it so much that I knew I wanted to get on TV. <laughs> that was my number one goal. <laughs> so I ended up leaving the warm, sunny island and going all the way to St. Cloud, Minnesota. Oh, what a contrast. <laughs> you, you know about St. Cloud, Minnesota weather, right? <laughs> it's cool. Yes. So anyway, I, I studied journalism and I continued on to marketing and advertising and I got out. And I hustled, 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 tried to get my way in the door, and I couldn't get my way in the door. So I started off in executive support. And I didn't know it then, but that was my training ground for what I'm doing today. I had no idea that what I did then was what I would be doing or connected to what I'm doing today. Well, we are so glad you're with us because I know a lot of people in project management positions tend to be very logical and analytical. They have a tendency to not get caught up in feelings and emotions on the job, but you are an expert in the field of emotional intelligence, or EI, where feelings do matter. And I'm sure there's a lot of project managers listening to this going, yes, I need that. So how does EI impact the role of the project manager? Wow. You know, EI is like, it's like your warning sign, if you will. Um, so I want you to think about your gas light in your car. And when that gas light comes on and that check engine light comes on, it's like that warning sign that says, hey, uh, something's coming down the pipe. You need to take action. Hmm. So you can ignore it, but sooner or later, you're going to end up on the side of the road, right? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So EI is like our warning sign. It's our indication that, okay, something's happening. My body is going through some stress levels. I need to either pause, remove myself from the environment, really think about how I want to handle a certain situation. 
Um, and I think that, you know, with EI, it's, it hasn't always received the attention that it needs, right? I learned about it first when I was in 2012, we were putting together some resources for interpersonal and interpersonal communications at the university. And so I went through the resources and I came across emotional intelligence and I was like, what is this? Hmm. You know, this squishy stuff that <laughs> people, <laughs> right. people are thinking it's the soft stuff and nobody's going to really pay attention to it. But it's like the concepts, they've been around, but EI gave us a framework hmm. or a methodology, I guess, if you will, to put to different industries and how we could find ways to integrate the EI system into different industries like project management. And mm -hmm. I, I thought of this um, when I was thinking about emotional intelligence, like what would it be similar to? So you know the way we learn. I have two boys. My eldest one, he, if you give him you know, a task list, he will follow the instructions to the T. But my youngest one, he needs to hear it or he needs to be able to do something in order to learn. And we knew that people learn differently, but we didn't really pay attention to it until we had the multiple intelligence theory or the framework. And we could mm -hmm. say, oh, okay. So if I want to get you to fix my TV, I need you to have a step checklist. Or if I need you to fix my TV, I need to give it to you or read out the steps to you in, in an auditory form. So I liken EI to the whole adult learning style, the whole multiple theory intelligence. Later on, they added more, more styles, you know, musical. EI is still evolving, hmm. right? It's still evolving. And now that we have the tools, we can think about, well, how do we integrate this at the project management level so that we can get more mileage out of our conversations hmm. or out of our relationships? I love the way you set this up, Monique. This is great. And I, I think back to the uh, the original, the book that really paved the way for this with Daniel Goleman and emotional intelligence. And I look at the framework and let's, let's unpack that framework a little bit because it really starts with self and then it goes into team. And I think for many project managers that we encounter, I think that's a natural progression. They have to have that self-awareness and that self-management and then move into to team awareness and team management. Um, how, do, how do you see those, that framework kind of uh, rolling out for project managers? You hit it right on the head, Bill, because you have to start off knowing yourself. You have to know what your body's doing at the first signs of stress. If you're super, super excited about something, we are now accepting that our emotions can cause us to make decisions that we might later regret. Okay. Right? <laughs> and and that, that goes for your personal and your professional relationships. You start off knowing about yourself so that you can self-manage or auto-correct. Just like riding a bike, you start off building that muscle, and then sooner or later it just becomes natural to you. When you have your aspects down, then you will be more aware to others' emotions. Mm -hmm. And then when you have that tool or you have that knowledge, you just take the conversation or take the relationship to another level, integrating it into your team, boosting your team morale. You'll be able to recognize if there's someone who's just unmotivated, um, just showing up. I'll, I'll tell you, there was a project manager that I coached and he was just very, very disappointed with his work situation. Um, he, he had no interest. He was just completely despondent. 
didn't know what his next step was going to be. And it was a very sad conversation Hmm. from my end. And I tried different lines of questioning and I said, okay, well, what do you think you would want to do next? Um, It didn't work. But when I framed the situation and I said, okay, tell me about your favorite job. If you could think about the last job or the, the job that you had that was the most exciting, where was it? And within two seconds, he told me. Within two seconds, he knew. So I was like, oh, great. Okay, so tell me more about that job. Why was it so good for you? Maybe you need to go back. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say that. But, um, but I said, well, why was it so good for you? And he talked about his relationship with his manager, mm-hmm. number right. one, right? Um, the power of one-on-one. You know, you, you raised something interesting a few minutes ago when you were talking about stress. And I'm curious. I want to, Nick, I'm going to put you on the spot Uh-oh. here. But okay. when, when you start getting stressed, where do you feel it physically? Where, do, where does it show up first with you? Um, probably in my speech. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Interesting. I start to going faster or more broken. William Shatner. Like ah. <laughs> <Spock>. <laughs> How about you, Bill? Uh, mine is more basic than that caveman stuff, I guess. I, I'll feel it in, I'll have a, a stress headache. Okay. Uh, my stomach doesn't feel quite right. Not like I'm going to you know, be, be ill, but just don't feel 100%. Interesting. Yeah. I, I feel it in the center. Now, this is generally um, probably not the very first signs, but it's the first ones I'll notice. Mm. And I feel it right in the center of my chest and my chest gets tight, not like a heart attack, Mm -hmm. but it feels like there's pressure, like there's somebody sitting on my chest. Wow. And, uh, Mm. uh, my doctor told me one time years and years ago, he said, Andy, consider that your idiot buzzer on the dashboard of your soul. Wow. <laughs> Stop and listen yes. when that happens. Mm. I, do, do you care to weigh in, Monique? Oh, yeah. I could tell mm-hmm. you right off the top, I get knots in my stomach. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like you, I, I experience some of those emotions in my chest, too. See, mm. a lot of people feel it in their neck or their back when they mm. get stressed. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's it's just interesting. It's an interesting question because we're all different. Each mm-hmm. of us manifested yeah. that differently. And, and the key is knowing, you know, the first key is knowing what's happening when you are getting under stress so that you can, what, well, let me ask you, what do you, what do you do when you, when you feel those feelings in your chest? All right. What so have you done? I'm going to tell you that um, I, I'm under a huge writing deadline. And so I had this yesterday and I had not taken a day off other than Thanksgiving, which was very stressful in weeks. And so I've uh, been working Saturdays, Sundays, et cetera. So yesterday um, I said, you know what, I'm going to take uh, the whole afternoon. I'm going to try and take time off. I'm going to go walk. I'm going to go focus on my breathing. I'm going to, uh, you know, I heard a quote and this is getting really touchy feely and I, I apologize to our uh, <laughs> audience members because I'm, I'm not generally that guy. But somebody, somebody said one time that um, you should practice looking at things as if you're seeing them for the first time or the last time. And I thought, okay, I'm going to walk around my hometown and I'm just going to try and look at things a little differently today. And I'm going to try and keep things in perspective and relaxed. And, um, that was very successful for me in terms of just getting the uh, getting uh, myself to relax, my body to relax a little more. And really, it all starts with perspective. Mm-hmm. That's what it's really, that's what's driving it, is uh, me allowing other people to set priorities and me allowing um, 
the unimportant, urgent things to take over. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. Let me weigh in on, on this one, too. Mine's a little bit different. Mine Again, I'm kind of caveman on this, Nick. i got to be <laughs> honest. I, uh, I, if my brain is, is just muddled with stressors, if I can engage my body to the point where my brain no longer is able to think. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so I go work out. I love to exercise. And if I can get my heart rate up to 80% or mm-hmm. so and maintain it there for a while, it hits the reset button on me. Um, so that's, that's one key for my success in managing stress. This is key here because project management, we say it all the time, but it is a stressful profession. It is. This is not for lightweights. It is. People are, are doing things that have not been done. They're creating things that have not been created and they're implementing things that nobody's, nobody's done before. So it's a, there's naturally stress there. It's a, it's not a stress-free, cushy job. If you're looking for an easy, cushy job. Don't go into project management. You want to make a difference, project management's great. Yeah. Monique, you shared with me some tips for this, this self-awareness and how to recognize the stress that comes with every project that we manage. Just walk us through that. So one of the tools that I would suggest is called HALT. And it's just what the acronym says, you know, scourge, stop, HALT. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So did you know that being hungry can stifle your productivity and being angry is, is a threat to your success? And in my house, we call that hangry. hangry. Yeah. <laughs> That's you, a real thing. You don't thing. want the hangry face. No way. Snickers has some good commercials on that. Oh, right? Snickers, that's my weakness, okay? <laughs> I just refuel with my Snicker bar. But really and truthfully, these are just basic tools that you can implement immediately especially if you have high stakes meetings, which the majority of time project managers do. Um, We're using up a lot of calories when we have meetings and we have to be conduits to many different people communicating throughout the day. So it's important to make sure that you have fuel in your tank so that you can continue to get mileage out of your meetings, out of your relationships and communications with your stakeholders. So those last two, lonely and tired. Yes. Talk a little bit about those. Yeah, so we are in a time where connection is more important than ever. Uh, We want to be connected. Every human being wants to be connected. Introverts, extroverts, we want to have a connection. And it's not just being in the same room with people. You can be in the same room with someone and be very lonely. Um, But having that genuine connection if you are feeling lonely, connect with someone, call up a friend on the phone mm. um, and share a story or share something that's troubling you. I think everybody has a friend outside of work that knows what's going on <laughs> inside of their space. And if you don't, it'd be a worthwhile thing to pursue. <laughs> it sure would. Yeah. It sure would. So you want to seek out those relationships, even if you have someone you can bounce ideas of off of at work. You want to go ahead and, and foster that connection. If you're tired, I mean, take a nap. The power of 15 minutes during the day, it is a recharge booster. So for, for project managers, I would definitely suggest scheduling time in your day where you have an opportunity to recharge. You know, we are not lone wolves in this world, and especially as project managers. We, we can't be. So what about team building? team morale. Um, you know, hopefully we're getting along with people at work, 
and on our team. What would a healthy team look like? So I want to ask you to okay. think mm -hmm. back to a time where you felt really connected to your team. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that stood out to you? We joked a lot. Okay, humor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What um, else? Uh, we seemed to be on the same page as to our purpose, where we were going. You know, what, what we sort of had a vision together of what the end was going to look like. We may have not really been totally connected on how we're going to get there, but at least we had <laughs> that, an idea, that goal. Okay, yeah. okay. And to add on to that, uh, the the really healthy teams that I've been a part of, there's not one person or one subgroup that are carrying all the weight. So yeah, everyone, good. everyone's really rolling their sleeves up and right. in there doing, you know, committing to this cause and, and putting in the hours, putting in the effort, contributing. So it's not one of those, you know, 20% of the team is doing 80% of the work. Every situation I've been in like that, there's some kind of resentment that breaks down at some point. Yeah. You, you don't feel like, boy, you know, I'm the only one who's, who's pulling doing the everything. Here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and you also have a, have a feeling like I need that person. I need that other person. I need all these people. Mm -hmm. And in those groups, that's where you have a, a healthy respect for the strengths mm -hmm. of everyone in the team, right? So I remember working on a project and I, I think I shared with you earlier, I am not the development type person. I am the big picture person and I love and I thrive in those environments. But I respect and admire the strengths of someone who is that development person. So when we're on a team together, we complement each other, right? Um, it's about playing to your strengths. And in the teams where everyone can shine in their strengths, you will find a lot of productivity and morale boosting. So anytime you see there's a hole, um, there's a hole in the team and there's only a few people that are carrying it, it could be a number of things, as I'm sure we're all aware. But you want to have the one-on-one -on -one conversations with the individuals who are not pulling their weight and find out what's driving that behavior. Hmm. Is it because they haven't been recognized? Recognition is something that mm -hmm. goes a long way. Right. And in projects, sometimes you, you're closing one project and the next one happens mm -hmm. and you don't even have time to celebrate it. Hmm. Just imagine if you were getting married or you were celebrating your child's graduation and it came and you're like, okay, we're gonna celebrate that next year. <laughs> right? I mean, you, you've, yeah. you've finished the work, you've, you've graduated from university, but we're going to put the celebration off hmm. for another year. Actually, that happened on a project I worked on, really? but it wasn't another year. Things were so busy that we put the celebration off for a couple months. And then when the celebration uh, date came around, well, <laughs> everybody was busy. Hmm. So it got canceled. So never underestimate the importance of recognition and giving praises for people on the team, it's, it's, it's going to go a long way. I've never heard anybody say, stop praising me for my work. <laughs> right? That's true. So that's one thing. Monique, one of the things that I, so we started out talking about self-awareness and using this HALT method to know when we're reaching that critical point with stress where we're going to lock down or not become effective or implode or whatever. And then we step into this, okay, now let's move beyond self-awareness to team awareness. Because as a project manager, I'm working with other people. They've got things they've got to get done. A lot of this advice sounds like parenting. It's like, it I got to know my team like a parent or something. You know, what, how do you, so how do you, what are some, what's some advice that you give to PMs who are having to step into this for what for them is an awkward role of now I need to get to know my team members and know what motivates them 
and be able to tell when they're having a bad day. Oh, yes. You are the PM. You are the leader. Hmm. Everyone is looking to you. They're taking cues from you. They want to know, am I doing a good job? What do you think about this project? Am I approaching it correctly? And sometimes people are afraid to ask for help. Right. Your, your kids might be afraid to ask for help, but it's going to be you as a parent to approach them and say, okay, hey, you know, Daniel, I see you're struggling with this. Or can I, can I give you some advice? Or here's how I approach this situation before or you know one time I had this same scenario and I mm -hmm. did this and it was a total disaster yeah. so when you're stepping into that that perspective of it's like parenting the project manager has such a heavy responsibility and you have such an enormous authoritative role you have to own it with the the power that that comes with it um, you might feel like oh, I shouldn't have to behave like a parent you know i shouldn't have to but by the very nature of your role you are in a, an authoritative position and and everyone's counting on you and that's why it's so important you want to make sure that you have your halt taken care of because when you are at your best when that gas is full you know when the oil is checked and the check engine light is off you're going to go further with your communications with the team Monique, I have a question for you. One of the things um, I think it's interesting because we started off this podcast saying uh, a lot of people know they need help in this area. But see, that even that statement implies that they would be self-aware. True. <laughs> and there, there are plenty of people who aren't really that self-aware. Um, so what role do you think that sort of these 360 feedbacks and assessments and things like that can play? Are you a believer in those? Uh, do you prefer other ways in increasing self-awareness? So great question. I am a believer of frameworks. I think they are starting points, right? They're not the end-all solution, but they're good baseline. Uh, for people who are not aware or who, who just don't have that tuned to being self-aware, there's a couple of things that's going to cause them to get interested. One, mm -hmm. the World Economic Forum has emotional intelligence as one of the top 10 critical skills that are needed in 2020. Wow. They didn't have it on the list a few right. years ago. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. If you want to be relevant, if you want to stay you know, in, in the times, mm -hmm. you're going to want to pay attention. Sometimes we're driven to change by vision, pain, or gain, right? We see something that's possible. I'm self-aware. I want to go ahead and be the best I can. One, oh, I'm tired of having conflict in my team. What can I do? I am seeking out a solution. Or, ooh, if I become self-aware, I can gain this. So we're going to move to that self-awareness from everyone's going to come to it from a different angle or a different perspective. The self-awareness training or self-awareness conversation now that we have the science backing it and we have authoritative bodies like the World Economic Forum putting these skills on the list, I think we're going to get more attention. And um, if, if you just don't get on the bandwagon, you're going to get left. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting as I hear you talk this through. Bill and I have, have noticed before that we sort of have different approaches. Um, I'm more task-oriented as a person. I'm very list-driven and task-driven, and I'm really good at managing those tasks. If you have uh, a disorganized mess that you need somebody to come in, I'd be a good fit for that. 
Bill's probably more, and, and we overlap, definitely, but he's probably more relationship-oriented. Would you agree, Bill? Yeah, I agree. And um, and so now uh, he's more attuned to relationships, and uh, that becomes a, a, a more of a managerial default for him. And so I think it's funny when you look at this, uh, when you look at this whole idea of becoming self-aware and team awareness, I'm thinking of it in terms of tasks. I'm like your child who wants the flow chart, checklist. who wants the checklist, right? But I can see how uh, it's really not necessarily that way at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I really empathize with what he's saying. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's why you guys make a great team. And, and I'll say this, your skill is necessary and needed. Yeah. Bill's skill is necessary and needed. And so if you need a checklist, I'm going to say, okay, are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? You're going to go down that list. When we move into the relationship management and you say, Monique, how can I improve my awareness? What are some things that I can do when you get to having conversations with your team? You know, start by listening, asking questions, go people watching, Mm -hmm. Um, people watching if you want to learn how to increase your awareness of body language, go mm. to the Atlanta airport. Okay. Okay. And sit down and watch. Melting pot Watch. Of the world. Yes. I've actually done this before with a lady that I coached. We met for lunch and we went to a busy place and we just sat down and we observed and we tried to think about what was being communicated mm. with the body language that was happening. So you're going to have steps in your checklist that can allow you to increase your awareness. Right. Um, when you are requesting feedback, for example, I'm, I'm giving you a, a step or a checklist or an mm-hmm. item. When you're requesting feedback, your job is just to say thank you. Right. Just listen, because that's going to create an open env- environment for people to give you a feedback. And I'll just tell you, like the other day, I had to do the same thing. I put it off. Because I didn't want to hear. <laughs> I wasn't ready for mm-hmm. it. You know, if you're not ready for feedback, um, you shouldn't ask for it. Right. Get, get, get ready. Be ready emotionally. And then I asked, you know, how do you see me limiting myself? And I got the feedback and I said, thank you. <laughs> Good for you. You know, project managers use this tool called a prompt list or a prompt sheet. And what that does is it gives you things just to review periodically. And so a lot of times they'll use them for risks and say, have there been any economic changes that we need to stop and factor in risks? Has there been any environmental changes, et cetera? And I think there's some usefulness here, too, that when I'm feeling stressed, you know, I can use the HALT framework as, a, mm. as sort of a prompt list and say, okay, right. am I hungry? <laughs> yeah, what's going <laughs> am on? Am I angry? hangry? Yeah, it's, so, it's so true that the, um, you know, I think of a, a manager that I worked with early in my career, and... I wish everybody was wired the same way she was. She would, when she, when stress started to appear in her, it would actually manifest. Her skin would turn red in her neck. Mm -hmm. And it was great. I mean, we could all see, oh, okay, she's stressed. Let's back off. (laughs) Let's give some space here. But that, that, uh, everybody's wired differently. You know, we, we talked about it ourselves and, uh, just becoming, Getting some coaching as an individual, because I can't assume everybody responds to or even manifests stress the same way that I do. So having someone else sit in on a meeting that I'm, learn- I'm running, uh, or maybe we have a, a daily stand-up meeting, and I'm so into my, into my notes, I don't have the awareness of what's going on in the team. But maybe another team member really does. They're wired well at that. Mm-hmm. So I have to get them to come alongside of me and, hey, can you keep an eye I'm thinking I'm gauging the morale of the team okay, but I need some help here. I need another set of eyes 
or if I have a difficult meeting I'm having with someone, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to your point, money, to be able to go back later and say, can you give me some feedback? How could, we met on Tuesday, how could that meeting have gone a little better? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then be able to, to receive that. So good, a lot of food for thought here. No, definitely. I'm trying to get in the mind of uh, maybe a project manager listening to this and going, yeah, okay, I'm self-aware enough to know I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of resources are available? There is an emotional intelligence assessment that you can take, and it's a self-assessment. And again, you know, if, if you're not, if you're completely clueless, it'll give you <laughs> something to start with, <laughs> something to start with. But if you're up for it, there's another thing that you can do right away just to get the data you need to determine if I'm on or off the right track. And that's just creating your own feedback questions, taking that energy and that time to go around and say, okay, how am I communicating in this environment? You know, when we had this meeting, um, what did you think? What, what could I do to make it better? Mm. Right. So once you have that data about how you are being perceived outside of yourself, and take that self-assessment and see where there are uh, similarities that you can work on and improve, that would primarily be the first step. Mm -hmm. And then it's an ongoing process, ongoing, you know, retooling, just like every day you get on, get on that bike and you're riding or you're exercising Mm -hmm. every day, you have an opportunity to increase your emotional intelligence and take your conversations and your relationships uh, to another level. Mm Because it's definitely not just all about that IQ, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the EQ that allows us to connect with others, improve our productivity, improve our morale, yeah. make our places you know, great to work. That's so true. And it, and it can be, it, you know, back to Andy's point, this can be another item on my list that I have that I've got eyes on when I'm leading a meeting. You know, it can be remember to ask the team this question or remember to engage this one particular team member who's been quiet the last few meetings. There's some great practical steps. I think of some of the things that I actually put in my calendar, my Outlook calendar, mm-hmm. to remind me of to, to do things that would fall into this category. Mm-hmm. So they're good practical steps that we can take. And I love it that you pointed out the uh, emotional intelligence assessment. Is that something that we can just search for online? To yeah, find? you can definitely get it online. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can definitely get it online and um, go ahead and take that. And that might even be an activity or an exercise that your entire team can take. I like it. And say, okay, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how can we, as a group or a team, improve our emotional intelligence? Because it's not just at work. It's exactly. going to carry over in every a- aspect of your life. Monique, this is probably a good time to ask you, how can we get in touch with you to draw more on your expertise? How you can, 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 you we, can we get in touch with me. You can get in touch with me by calling 706 963-0322. You can reach me at my website at clearcommunicationsolutions.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, connect with me, Claire Communication Coach. You can find me on Facebook, Claire Communication Coach. I am ready, willing, and able to take you to your next level. <laughs> well, Monique, thank you so much. Monique Russell, just a wonderful insight and, and, uh, I've learned something just sitting here listening to you. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me today. One of your points on your uh, emotional intelligence component list is relationship management. And we like to promote relationship management. And so we have a gift for you to, uh, to help with that. Thank you. The Manage This Coffee Mug. Use it with pride.
Thank you. I will drink my coffee tomorrow out of this. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> well, thanks again, Monique. Andy and Bill, thanks as always for your insight and your perspective as well. Thank you. That's it for us here on Manage This. We hope you'll tune back in on January 2nd for our next podcast. In the meantime, you can visit us at velociteach.com slash manage this to subscribe to this podcast, to see a transcript of the show, or to contact us and tweet us at manage underscore this if you have any questions about our podcasts or about project management certifications. We want to make sure you have everything you need to be your best. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep calm and manage this.